This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, family, I don't know about you, but I really love talking to smart people. I really love learning. And I got a chance to interview, once again, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I've interviewed him a couple of times. But this was several months ago. And what's interesting about this interview is how prophetic it is. Actually, it was almost two months ago before we actually had an outbreak of the coronavirus. There was no uh, serious case here in America. And yet in this interview, I talked to him about a pandemic. I talked to him about space travel. Uh, We just saw uh, uh, the Pentagon release some video of what looks to be uh, some sort of unidentified flying object in the talk of aliens. And we also talked about the fall of Rome. Uh, In addition to that, uh, we talked about time travel. Yeah. Uh, And and you can only have these conversations with people who really think deeply. And this man has one of the most incredible minds. I was telling someone off mic that Neil deGrasse Tyson pretends to be normal. And by that, I mean, and it's a high compliment. Like he has figured out it was profound talking to him about how he studies for interviews. And I was almost ashamed because you know, as an interviewer, uh, on the other side of it, I'm not a very good interviewee. And he makes it comfortable for the person asking him questions. And it took work for him. And I had to sit in that for a minute and think how uh, selfish I've been on the other side of the mic when people sit down to interview me and I need to do better. So I want to thank him for that publicly. But also, you know, the notion of getting prepared for everything, a man whose IQ is probably off the charts, still feels the need to make sure that he's prepared coming to coming into any situation, even an interview, even a frivolous so-called, I'm putting up air quotes, because in his mind, no interview is frivolous because every interview is an opportunity to reach people. So I was humbled by that as well. Uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. Timely as hell. I don't know why we had this conversation. I've been holding on to this interview. Actually, I played it on the radio last week, but I've been holding on to it for a couple of months. Uh, because I was going to use it during the week that I was taken off for my birthday. But, hey, we're shut in. It's a pandemic. And it is so apropos. Um, up next, my interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. We talk about his new series. It's not a new series, but the new season of his series on Nat Geo, which, since you're shut in, you should probably watch. <laughs> and uh, let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter. At Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast so I can see your comments. And I immensely appreciate the support. All right. So share this as well with as many people in your circle. All right. Up next, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Show in the galaxy, yeah. I know you got uh, look, you got a little rhythm, just a little. It's not a whole lot, but it's enough to get you through. We're talking with the man, the myth, the legend, Cosmos returns for season three on Nat Geo. They gave him another season. Let me welcome to the show the one and only Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, thanks, thanks for that warm introduction. Yes, it's always warm when we're together. 
Uh, even even when you get in trouble for Frozen. We'll talk about that. Oh. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm kicking right You're off calling the Calling me out. Right on, not Didn't even you out. wait five no, minutes. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to just dive right in because we already did the, the foreplay last time. So Man. I figured like we okay. know each other. Right, so bring we, don't it on. To, we don't have to do all of the, you know, the tippy tippy tell where. Tell me about your parents. Bring. Tell me where you're from. <laughs> tell me what you learned bring in high on. school. We don't have to do that. Uh-huh. So um, do you ever turn it off? Turn it off. Your, your brain. Yeah, Why would anyone big, ever want to turn off their brain? Sometimes, sometimes the brain needs, a, just like the body needs sleep, I think the brain, I think you don't turn off. Well, so let's make it clear. You think you go to sleep because your body needs a rest? I think my you body needs to repair. Be, your on, body will repair you, whether you're awake or not. It's your brain that needs the rest, and that's why you sleep. Okay, okay? I believe you. So you could be, you could f- work out and you, you give your body rest, you just lay down on the couch and watch a movie. Your body will be repairing itself, but your brain will not be. So, so a third of your life, you are semi-comatose over a period of time that your brain is just trying to figure itself out. It's, a, it's for your brain, not for, primarily for your brain. It helps your body a little bit too, but your body doesn't need it. Your brain needs it. So you so don't say in the remaining two thirds of a day, I got to let my brain rest. Your brain already done had its rest. Use the time you're awake, which is only two thirds of all your waking hours before you're dead. Why waste it? Why why do anything other than drink in the majesty of this universe in which we live? I actually don't disagree with you. Does that I mean you I'm agree? Asking, I that, don't disagree with you. Does that mean you agree? No, I don't disagree with you. Because double negative mathematically yes. means I know, positive. I know. How much sleep do you actually, you, how much do you sleep? Um, I might, no day is like any other for me, so there's not, I'm not on a schedule. So uh, here's what's important. If I needed to, I could go six days on three and a half hours of sleep with very little consequence to me or my performance. By the weekend, I need to take naps. Um, I could go indefinitely on five and a half hours of sleep, mm. but I still want naps. I is still that, like is napping. Is that conditioning or just how you? Well, uh, if you want to know how I got there, yeah, I, can, I can tell you. I would like to. It's not just it, it isn't just yeah, land from you space. Didn't just, right, right. Uh, and if I didn't have things to do, and I just was not even on a clock, I would sleep seven. And a half hours. Like normal people. A night. That's close, closer to normal. But it's kind of, if I did that, I wouldn't nap. I wouldn't have to nap. Right. I love naps. Naps, naps are, are delicious. Just, it's so rejuvenating. They are yeah. delicious. You, you have your students here with you. They're not old enough to know how good naps are. I think some of them are napping as we speak. <laughs> That's just my assessment. I could be wrong. So the question I was really asking wasn't, do you ever turn it off? But... You you criticized the movie Frozen for being inaccurate. Which no, is, no, actually, okay, I did not. What, okay, tell me what what happened with the Frozen. Well, it depends movie. on which. All right, so the okay. Frozen movie you said maybe it was scientifically not possible. To, no, what would you say? No, people think that's what I do because I'm so misunderstood yeah, in sure, my movie sure, critiques sure. And, uh, online. Why are you? I'm so unappreciated. Frozen, I'm just. I'm like, why Frozen? I'm so unappreciated. All the things to talk about. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Here's, here's what I why think. pick on Frozen? Here, I'm gonna pull rank on you. You ready? Okay, yeah. I think what you're saying about what I said about Frozen 
was because you read an article that someone Fact. wrote about what they yes. think I said about that Frozen. That is true. That is true. Because the media Because sucks. I didn't actually so, criticize Frozen. So I'm here. In fact, I complimented okay, it. Okay, so I'm here to okay? set the record straight. That's why I'm so misunderstood. Okay, so what happened? Okay, so the most critical thing I said about Frozen, which was factual, and I, I don't put opinions online. I don't care if you share my opinion. I just want you to have an informed version of whatever your opinion is, okay? The only thing that you could possibly view as critical was I showed a picture of Elsa, okay? And I said, if Elsa has a human-sized head, then she has horse-sized eyeballs occupying four times the normal volume in her cranium. I'm just saying. That was the entire tweet. Okay? Because there's these huge eyes. It's like, whoa, is there room for brains in there? I don't know. So it's I would is that a criticism or an um, observation? I think that's an again, observation. I okay. think my my no, question no, I think oh. my question is very cogent. It's no, it's very, not. I'll yeah, tell you why. Because I I posted three or four other tweets about Frozen. And I said the ice harvesters in the in the original Frozen, um, the ice is accurately portrayed bobbing in the lake, exposing 10% of its volume above the waterline, 90% of it below, just as you would find in icebergs. Not only that, I said they commonly portrayed the northern lights, done with exquisite accuracy in the nighttime scenes. Those were compliments. Right. But people saw me talking about a movie, and they said, oh, he must be criticizing it, and he must well, be... Blah, blah. Oh, now, now, what I did say is, I said, even though Frozen has talking snowmen and roly-poly rocks, the ice is portrayed accurately, and the northern lights are portrayed accurately. So it was, it was a tip of a hat to Frozen and to whoever thought about the science in, that, in, that movie, in those movies. So I complimented it more than I criticized it. But that's not how it showed up in an article. So next time, I'm saying you look at my tweets directly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sticking with my question. Why, <laughs> why, why are you even bothered with... Why, you have, like, real things to deal with. Like, you have to cure and, and give us the information to keep us safe, to keep this rock, the third one from the sun... Whole, you need to give the information. Why are you spending any time on Frozen at all? You're too big for this, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You're just too smart to be messing with Frozen. I don't even understand. Why is that a thing? Oh, okay. She's throwing it down. Okay, so clearly I have thought about this. Yeah, I know. Allow me to. I think you like attention. Allow me. Okay, so how does one gain followers on Twitter. You post something that intrigued people and then they forward it to their followers and their followers say, hey, that's pretty good. I'm going to follow that person that you're following. Mm. That is the social network. That's how that works. Okay. So I put out tweets about Frozen. I put out tweets about other films. In that week, I posted 50 tweets on all manner of films. Okay, I even gave, uh, uh, I ca called something called movie arithmetic. Okay, you know how that works? Okay, um, uh, what's movie arithmetic? Movie arithmetic is you take one movie and see if it's the sum or product of other movies. 
just thematically or, or culturally or whatever. So give me an example. I, I'll give you an example. This is the simplest one. It's a direct equation. All right? A bug's life. Have you seen a bug's life? Yes. Did, did your students see a bug's life? We've all seen a bug's life. A bug's life equals the Magnificent Seven. Think about it. Is that the one with Denzel? Well, that's the latest, the later version of it. There's three, three versions of it. Yeah. Because what is it? There's a community of people, and their the crops are being taken by thugs, and they got to go find people to protect them, and they finally protect them, and there's a big fight. That's exactly the plot line of A Bug's Life. Okay. So I think about this. I that, this stuff I think about. So now you're a fan of Bug's Life, or you like the commentary, then you spread it all on your friends. Then. In the middle of all of that, I say, hmm, I wonder what anti-vaxxers would say to a coronavirus vaccine. That tweet is now one of my 10 most viral tweets I've posted in a decade. So I got followers mm. from the Elsa tweet and now you're a captive audience, and now I can tell you other things that you wouldn't have even known I would have posted because you would not have given attention to that which you were saying I should not be posting. Yeah, I think I'm different. So, and I'm, I'm respecting where you're sitting, but I never expected to that Neil deGrasse Tyson would care about followers. So I guess that's my... Like, I don't see you, you're so erudite. That I, I, I don't see you as someone that cares about Twitter followers. Okay. And you have 13.6 million followers. I just yes. looked it up. So, Am so I following all, you? And I'm following you. Okay, so first of all, you are correct. I don't actually care who follows me. What I, so, so thank you for actually pointing that out. What I notice is when I post some things relative to others, it attracts greater interest. And as an educator, what I do is supported when I know that you cared about what I just told you. Mm. So I think that makes me a more potent educator. No, I, I just learned something today. Okay, so for example, if I'm on a talk show, let's say back in the day when Jon Stewart had The Daily Show, because uh, this is where, it f where I first turned this into, into a science or an art, uh, I was done with the show, people would say, oh, you had such good chemistry with him. It's such a natural chemistry. And I said, wow, that is the highest compliment you can possibly give me. Because you have no freaking idea how much work I put in to make that look like it was chemistry. I studied him as a talk show host. I studied how long he gives his guests, how many seconds they will speak before he will comedically interrupt them. I got that rhythm. I found out where, I found out what lag time will a current event that week have before he will no longer bring it up spontaneously in his commentary. Once I learned this and studied it, I said, okay, I'm gonna come in with my science and I'm gonna learn two and a half days worth of current events because he will pull randomly from that, but he's not going to pull one from four days ago because it doesn't work comedically because no one remembers it. I did this and then I say, I'm going to parcel my information into six or seven second bits so that when he does interrupt, I have a completed thought. And then we can laugh at his joke. You have the completed thought and we can move on.
If my commentary is dragging on and he has to interrupt comedically because that's what he does, then I've got a dangling participle there and I can't get back to it. It's awkward. And then the conversation does not flow as smoothly as it needs to for me to give all the information I want to share with the public. That is what I do. And, and, I, and it is different for every talk show host. And so people, oh, you're so natural here. You're so natural there. Thank you for that compliment. Thank you for complimenting the hard work I put in to make you think it's natural. Now, let me tell you when I was at my limits. I was a guest on Desus and Miro, okay? So I'm on a guest with Desus. This is like the hippest show ever, all right? And I show up there, I'm the only person in the room with a button-up shirt, and everybody else is in a hoodie and talking smack, and I'm there, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, the academic, and I'm surveying, and I'm saying, okay, how am I going to, uh, I'm going to be outed as a fraud, I'm not that hip, I, I, can I ha hang this, okay? Then I started noticing the set, and one of them is wearing a New York Yankees hat. Well, I'm from the Bronx. And I'm a Yankee fan. If I need to fall back on something, that's where I'm going. Okay? There's some animals, some stuffed, an stuffed, literal stuffed, um, taxidermed animals on the set. As I say, okay, I know something about that animal. If I need to, I'll go there because it's on a set. Okay? So I'm ready. And I walk in, and then the conversation unfolds. And it was mostly scientific. They were curious guys. They wanted to learn about the universe. And they had some other fun questions. Will AI take over and will be their servants? And I can take you there. I'm good there. So I said, wow, I'm getting through this interview, like unscathed. And then towards the end, they said, okay, before you go, before you go, uh, tell us, who's your, who's your favorite member of the Wu-Tan Clan? It's like, oh, Ooh, okay, so Wu-Tan Clan. All right, uh, that's, that's a, uh, a hip-hop group, right? and I only know one member of the Wu-Tan Clan. Uh, okay, so let me just say that one member, because I don't know anybody. So I said, the Jizza, of course. And they said, oh, good. <laughs> and, then, and then I walked off. So I just, just crisis averted. I crisis averted. Um, but in all fairness to the fact that I mentioned the Jizza, the Jizza was on my radio show. So you knew. So him. I knew him, and right. I knew so he's you could actually. Talk about him and I you, could talk about right. him, and I know he actually likes science and he likes academics. Right. He's lectured at MIT. See? So so. So you, I wasn't completely right, faking. You weren't it. coming out of your. It, it wasn't completely yeah. faking. My point is that in every medium in which I'm engaged. I want to be precise for that medium to maximize my ability to reach people if I'm in the capacity as an academic. And in my Twitter stream, 99 out of 100 tweets are designed for you to learn something. I'm not marketing myself. I'm no. not saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to your town. So you're throwing Come visit in frozen. You, that is nowhere. Right. I don't talk about myself. I don't talk about who I am, where I'm going, my family, what I'm doing, what I'm eating, that is not on that Twitter stream. That Twitter stream is an academic pathway, and every tweet is a thought I had anyway that day. I don't wake up in the morning and say, what am I going to tweet today? Let me wonder. Let me think. I have thoughts, and, it's, and I said that could be a tweet. And I'll make a note of it, and it gets a backlog, because I, I, I don't put down every thought I have. That, uh, you know, I filter. And so... You're so, an adult. So that's so that is what you're experiencing when you see that Twitter stream. I am so impressed because I, I would never have imagined that that was even a possibility. And I, I've had people say, you know, you sh you could market yourself more on Twitter. You get even more Twitter followers. You have 13 this, million. The, so see the Twitter follower people, right? These right. are 12 followers who are focused on Twitter. And I say, I don't. 
if, if people like what I do, that's great. If they don't, I don't care. Right. So, and, and everyone who tells me how to get more Twitter followers has fewer Twitter followers than I have. So it's like do we don't really have people? a conversation with it. Neil deGrasse Tyson, do you block? Do I block people? No. No, I, I, there, I, people. There's one person. I think he just hates me. Um, he has a whole website. All the times Tyson is wrong, and he, he shows up and he says, Tyson is a fraud. Tyson is this, and I say, you know, let me be reminded that not all the world is are roses, and that there are haters out there. If you start closing out all the haters, you have a delusional view of what the actual world really is. So I, I don't mind seeing. I think most people are very supportive of what I post. Occasionally, you get the haters, and um, I—it's not fun to view a, a highly critical tweet, but I think it's important to know that they're there. Mm. And if you if you if you block them, you don't know. Right. How did you prepare for serious? For serious, well, I've done I've done a serious uh, thing before. <laughs> So it helps that I've been with the, so I look at the names of who I'm going to be with and I look them up. And so I've been with them before. So I know approximately where they're coming from, um, what tone to use, what level of humor to invoke, how irreverent or how not, uh, or should I use a curse word or not. So all of that is sort of preloaded wow. at each session and it affects how I then communicate, either in response to the questions or in, um, or in what I would volunteer to share. That is, so you. I'll give you another quick example. A few nights ago, a few mornings ago, I was I did a, a morning drive time radio, live radio for uh, a Columbus, Ohio, radio station, because I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio, giving a public talk in a couple of weeks. Uh, oh, by the way, and the title of that talk is, "An Astrophysicist Goes to the Movies." <laughs> So I'm going to spend two hours talking about movies. Ciao. So get over it. Okay. Right. So anyhow, so so I reminded myself I need to know what is the format of this show because if I'm jumping in the middle of their – this is their world that they've created with their audience. And they, So I spoke to the producer. I said, what is the format? They say, oh, it's it's uh, classic rock. So I said, oh, okay, I know that. I, I'm there. I can feel it. And usually the the, the DJs or they still call them DJs, the announcers are are – are they're fun and a little bit zany and there's usually a few of them and so sure enough they came on and I knew exactly how to feed right into their universe because I can't force every different platform to come to me that's not fair it's 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 wrong it's not fair and it and it's plus it'll fail and, and it's lazy, and it's lazy. Yeah. so I will do the homework to meet you on your turf I I think that that is one of the most powerful lessons I've heard on these airwaves. So I want to thank you for that. Because you, you gave me something too. I block trolls, by the way. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I block the trolls. You block the trolls. Yeah. Okay, I, so I, just, yeah. as long as you know, I mean, just... I just don't just, want... Just, just once you call lose. me out of my name, you don't have the right to have a conversation with me. So that's where I draw Okay, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to change you on that. Uh, you just asked me and no, no, I gave no, you I, my I, philosophy it, it, I've I've heard many it. different things. I think um, rules of engagement, I think we live in a society where people do not know how to treat one another. So I'm going to teach you how to treat. If you're going to stay in this space, you want to have conversation, you mm -hmm. can criticize all you want. As soon mm -hmm. as you call me out of my name one time, there's no three strikes, you will not be do you allowed think to be in this space. that turns a troll into a nice person? No. Or do you think it gives the troll 
further armament. Probably, right. and I so, don't so care because is, now they're blocked. Right, so right. go so, be yeah. toxic in your own space. Well, no, but they could talk about you in a different space. It's fine. So, so, I don't see it. So out what, of sight, what I tried to do is I see what the trolls say, and I say, oh, they think that. Okay. Well, if I give him this other thing to read, if the troll is not saying anything accurate or, or it's just they're just angry, I try to lead them out of their trolling space into a new landscape where maybe they won't be a troll anymore. Hmm. That takes more effort. I was going to say, yeah. who the hell ah! has time ah! for that? And I, I applaud the fact that you get three yeah. hours of sleep is probably why you have yeah. those extra four or five hours mm -hmm. to correct uh, troll yeah, behavior. And plus, the people who even either don't sleep much or sleep a lot, look what you do in the rest of the two-thirds of the day. Think about how much interstitial time you spent doing nothing. Hello. Well, that's not my problem. Okay. But I'm going to spend an hour at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, March 9th, it premieres. Yes, on Watching National some, some more Cosmos. Cosmos back in the house. Season season three. So what can we expect from season three that you didn't get done in season one and two? Well, first, it's a big universe. First. Yes, it is. Second, the first season was 1980, hosted by Carl Sagan. That's right. Yeah, and then billions the second... Billions and billions. No, you got to chin out a little huh? bit. Billions. Billions. Yeah, yeah. Right. Billions and billions. Uh, so... And the second one was six years ago, uh, 2014, which I had the, the the privilege of hosting, and the and just now 2020. Uh, the DNA of Cosmos is such that you you will learn science, but more importantly than that, you will learn why science matters or why you matter. Your knowledge of science matters in the shepherding of civilizations, so that you will not make mistakes that your predecessors had made. That you can leave a world in a state where your descendants are proud of you having been their ancestor rather than embarrassed by what you have done to the world um, in their family line. So there's hope? Is that what you're telling yes. me in so, this season? Because I'm feeling the Cosmos very hopeless right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. No. Uh, Cosmos not only empowers you to think and understand and fluently in the in the awesome power of science and technology and what it has done for us and what it can continue to do. But it alerts you of uh, the consequences of inaction along some lines and the consequences of the wrong action in other ways. And we show you pathways that we can take collectively as a species, as a civilization. Give me one, because right now I feel like we're at the precipice of, of I say we're either going to go the way of Rome or we're going to get it together. I, I, I don't see there being... You've, uh, you're referring to the fall the of fall, the Roman yes. Empire. And I'm talking about America particularly, yeah, yeah. But in particular, but but globally there seems to be a lot where we're maybe confronting a pandemic. If we're, only, I don't know if we're only going to think about empires or countries, right, the countries have their day in the sun and then they fade by whatever combination of reasons. Cosmos takes a longer view and a bigger view than that, and that is, as Carl Sagan used to say, air molecules don't carry passports. Water molecules go wherever they want as the streams take them. So they're not bound by, bound by, by national borders. borders. Yeah. So if you pollute air here, someone else breathes it across the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so that means the solutions to these problems cannot possibly be viewed as national. Correct. They have to be international. And you didn't ask, but I'm going to take you there. Please. This year, 2020, is the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, April, April 22nd. 22nd. Okay? 
Now, why was Earth Day created? Well, you talked, well, we felt it was time to think about Earth as a holistic thing that needs protecting. All right. I don't have a problem with that. Why didn't you think up Earth Day in 1960 or 1965 or 1980 or 1975 or 1990 or 1950? We get it, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Why was it 1970? I know why. Oh, what had just happened? Oh, we had just landed on the moon. Oh my gosh, and you land on the moon. We go to, we, we travel in space to explore the moon and we look back and we discovered Earth for the first time. Not as it appears in your schoolroom globe with color-coded countries, no. It was Earth as only nature intended you to see it, with blue oceans and dry land and clouds. There we were, adrift in the vacuum dark of space, alone. Now what are you going to do about that? We came back, and you know what we did? So we responded as a country by forming the Environmental Protection Agency, 1970. In those years that we were walking on the moon, we banned leaded gas. We banned, we created the, the, the Comprehensive Clean Air Act, Clean Water Act. All of this movement occurred while we were on the moon. And so when you talk about will we survive, a cosmic perspective like that, like looking at Earth alone in space, had a profound impact on everyone. And that's when they said, let's have Earth Day. But if you ask people today, they'll say, oh, well, of course we need to care about Earth. The question is, why did you do it then? So do we need to go back into space to be reminded? Because Maybe. that was 50 years ago, and I think people have short memory. People have short memory. Or we need to send politicians in space. Mm. And leave them there. <laughs> right? And let them try and start over again. All yeah, right. On yeah. that note, uh, let me just thank you for being here again. I appreciate Thanks you. Thanks for having me again. I want you to come back more regularly. I, I, we can make Dope that individual. Sure. Cosmos returns season three, 8 p.m. Eastern on Nat Geo. You got it. That was Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, just a smart guy. He's got a lot going on in that, in that gray matter.